if you're a fat guy, well, maybe husky is a better word. If you're plus-sized, how's that? And you're on a budget, uh, okay, let me quit beating around the bush. If you're a guy and you're fat, you're broke. I just donated enough fat clothes to Goodwill on McKnight Road for them to start their own big and tall outlet. Lots of jeans and khakis and t-shirts I never wore. So go to Goodwill on McKnight Road and own a little piece of Mark Madden. Make that a big piece. I like McKnight Road. Whenever I pass the adult merchandise mart right on McKnight, I always think, hey, I'd like to work there. I can tell a customer to go F himself and then add, we got a shelf for that and a lot of them are battery operated. This is the Mark Madden Show. The Buckos are damned if they don't. Last night, they were damned when they did. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Or you can follow me on Twitter at MarkMaddenX. We got Sean Casey, the mayor. 12-year major leaguer, the latter-day Lou Gehrig, the pride of Upper St. Clair. He joins me at 3.30. We're going to talk about beanball etiquette. And about the high school pitcher in Minnesota who embraced his friend, who lost, who just struck out, instead of celebrating with his teammates, who won. We will also talk about Sean Casey's career earnings, which were $41 million. That goes a long way, even in Upper St. Clair. Hey, how come there's a couple porn stores right on McKnight Road in North Hills? But there's no porn stores in Mount Lebanon or St. Clair or Sewickley, see, that's what they do. They get the porn stores in our lesser neighborhoods, and the kids get perverted, and the next thing you know, Shaler High School football goes 0-10. You know, I never did get to see that movie Chappaquiddick. It's still in that Phoenix Theater out in Bridgeville, but it's only playing in the afternoon. I'm going to have to wait for the DVD, I suppose. But Purge 4... Premieres on July 4, and I will watch it that day. That's totally apropos the premiere on Independence Day because the purge is the height of patriotism. Purge and purify. Purge and purify. Purge and purify. I posted a blog and a couple videos on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com because Antonio Bryant went on a rant today at the first day of Steelers minicamp, playing the victim and saying he's oppressed by the media. Brian is a great receiver, but a total tool, an absolute narcissist. He's not the victim of the media, but sometimes he's a victim of his own social media, like that playoff win against Kansas City in 2017 when he went on Facebook Live, unbeknownst to Mike Tomlin, in the locker room, After the game, that caused a big fuss. And like when he recently ripped Bruce Arians, the former offensive coordinator, and kind of took a shot at Tomlin, too. That was on Instagram. Today, A.B. talked about the pressure the media applies and blamed the media for saying that he wouldn't catch passes from Landry Jones at OTAs. A.B., you know where the media got that? When you wouldn't show up and catch passes from Landry Jones at OTAs. Uh, A.B. said today, I said Lev Bell should show up at OTAs and work. 
And then you guys write that I think Lev Bell should show up at OTAs and work. Well, yeah, that was written because it's exactly what you said. Antonio Brown is a whiner and a jerk and a selfish creep, and he will never win a Super Bowl ring, period. You do not win rings with guys like Antonio Brown. A.B. said players don't get a chance to really express themselves. My God, no one has ever expressed themselves more than Antonio Brown. When A.B. said that, there were a half dozen cameras and 25 microphones right there so he could express himself. Uh, A.B.'s just a putz, an absolute putz. He said, you guys make it hard on me for no reason. Just frig off, you putz. What a dink. He accused the media of taking time away from his kids. No, maybe all the Instagram models you run around with behind your baby mama's back, maybe that takes time away from your kids. What an absolute clown. Zero self-awareness. A.B. said today, he's not free. And then Vince Williams said, when A.B. asked, are we really free, I felt that. Uh, Really? Well, feel this, Vince, because you're a marginal talent who never wins, never shuts up, and Leonard Fournette made you into roadkill. There's never been a less likable version of the Steelers. Never been a less likable Steelers team. If they won, it would be one thing. But they don't. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Very excited to have Sean Casey on the show today. Uh, Today is the 48th anniversary of Pirates pitcher Doc Ellis dropping acid and throwing a no-hitter. I thought about dropping acid and doing the show, but uh, it worried me that it might not sound any different. Uh, Just around the corner, we're going to talk more about uh, the high school pitcher in Minnesota who hugged his friend that he struck out instead of celebrating the win with his teammates. I'll recap that case. We'll talk about it at 3.30. Uh, I'll be honest. I'm not sure how much I'm going to talk about Antonio Brown. I'm sure I'll wind up at some point getting calls about it. The way he acts kills any chance for me to develop an attachment to the Steelers. Him and Bell, it kills any chance for me to have a positive attachment to the Steelers. Don't blame me for that. Blame those two guys. Seriously. I mean, I used to skirmish with, like, Jerome Bettis and Heinz Ward. But those two guys, the way they acted, they were selfish, to be sure. But they knew where to stop before it became counterproductive to the team and absolutely excruciating for the fans. These two guys just don't know when to stop. And even sadder still, no one will ever tell them they have to. 1059 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. It's a rare chance for you to have a brush with greatness. Make the most of it. Hey, Mark, big fan, big fan. Say, here's another great name from the past. The X at 1059. Okay, let's recap that Minnesota high school baseball story. 
And let's get all the facts straight. A few things reported yesterday were slightly skewed. The pitcher struck out the batter to end the game and put his team in the state playoffs. Not the state final, but the state playoffs. The pitcher and batter were close friends dating back to childhood, so the pitcher went to hug his friend, the batter, and temporarily ignored his team's celebration. Here's a quote from the pitcher. Quote, our friendship is more important than just the silly outcome of a game, unquote. That's an interesting quote. The silly, silly outcome of a game, unquote. Silly. That's the word he used. Sorry, but I think the pitcher is soft and sold his teammates very short, the accomplishment very short, and the moment very short. And there's an underlying notion, as people praise this kid, the pitcher, to high heaven, there's an underlying notion that anyone who would celebrate with his team and catch up with the friend later is a jerk, or that anyone who thinks the pitcher should have celebrated is a jerk. The kid who hugged his friend wasn't the only kid who was raised right on the field. You keep seeing the phrase, you could tell that kid was raised right. I was raised right too, and I would not have hugged the kid I struck out. I'd have joined in my team's celebration. Winning is important. We like to pretend it's not, but it's important. It's a rough world out there. Winning isn't silly. I think this kid, the pitcher, is softer than puppy crap. Let's see what Sean Casey thinks at 3.30. But let me tell you one thing for sure. When Sean Casey played football for Coach Jim Render at Upper St. Clair, if Casey would have hugged an opponent in a similar fashion, in a similar situation, Render would have yelled at Casey so long and so loud, it would have blow-dried his hair. And the same applies to every single one of the great high school coaches I ever worked with. We got Case at 3.30. We got Stan Saverin in the 4.30 hour. I do want to talk about what happened in the Pirate game last night. The Pirates led 5-zip, and Josh Harrison got hit by a pitch in the top of the seventh. So Joe Musgrove, pitching for the Pirates, hit Arizona's leadoff hitter in the bottom of the inning, and Arizona put together a five-run rally in that inning and scored four more in the bottom of the eighth. And the Diamondbacks beat the Pirates 9-5. to It just keeps getting worse and worse. Oh, and David Freeze made a costly error. I don't blame Musgrove for plunking a guy. That's how the game is played. The etiquette. I blame the Pirate bullpen for totally collapsing. Santana, Crick, and Neveroskis all sucked out loud. And now the Pirates are two games under five hundred. The Pirates never disappoint because the Pirates always disappoint. But last night was nuts. I fell asleep when it was 5-zip, then woke up to see a totally different post-game show than I had ever imagined. Uh, Some people are blaming Musgrove and that HBP for losing the game for following the unwritten rule. That's silly. That cost the Pirates exactly one run. Having a bullpen that sucks dog dirt cost them the other eight. And then you got the freeze error. And Owings made a catch for Arizona in center field that was just tremendous. Willie Mays 
type catch and it choked off a pirate rally. That game was lost so many ways on so many levels. The Pirates are going downhill really fast. I wonder where they'd be if Hurdle had just played his best players more and not tried to prop up uh, Rodriguez and Polanco. I keep hearing what a nice guy Rodriguez is. Hey, if it's a nice guy you're looking for, play the Dalai Lama. I bet he did higher than 162. Big hitter, the Lama. Gunga Galunga. Up next, he is the mayor. 12-year Major League Baseball player now doing commentary on the NHL Network from Upper St. Clair. It's the great Sean Casey next on 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Super genius, big fan. That happens when the show is as popular as this one. Yeah, double M, man. He'd love the show. He just wants to dance. PX at 105.9. It's a pleasure now to welcome back to the program the 12-year Major Leaguer, the three-time All-Star, the pride of Upper St. Clair. He is the latter-day Lou Gehrig. You can see him now on the MLB Network. He is the mayor, Sean Casey. Case, let's talk about the Pirate game last night first. Uh, Harrison got hit, so Musgrove retaliated, and it started Arizona's big comeback. But did Musgrove nonetheless do the right thing? I think so, man. I, I, you know what? I think uh, I, you know, I, I, I like that. You know, Listen, at some point you've got to stand up for your guys. Harrison's been, been out for a little bit here with an injury. And uh, I think Musgrove, uh, you know, did the right thing. I mean, listen, I think at the end of the day, you go in the clubhouse and you're with those guys all the time. And Jay Hayes, one of the leaders of that team, like I said, him being down, you know, with with an injury from, from being hit before him, I think, uh, I think it was a good thing. How important is it for a pitcher to protect his team's batters? What does that do for the clubhouse? Well, I think it depends. You know, it depends. Uh, you know, I, I think if – I know if – there's, there's a couple schools of thought. I, I remember, you know, uh, back in the day when Griffey was getting hit a bunch. I mean, I remember Scott Sullivan kind of taking care of in Arizona. We had a humongous bench clearing brawl with Mayhem. And, uh, you know, I remember Griffey telling, telling uh, you know, Sully, thanks a lot. Or there's the other school of thought, like the, uh, you know, some of the fights you see, like even like a Harper, Harper Strickland fight where Strickland hits Harper, Harper goes out there, does not. You take care of yourself. You can either have your pitcher defend it, or eventually, you get hit too many times, you can go out there and take care of yourself. So, kind of two schools of thought, but I do think as a pitcher, you know, if you do feel like something's happening and, and that guy needs to be protected, it's a good thing. Did you ever play with the pitcher case who just wouldn't do that, who just didn't see the point of retaliating? Uh, no, I never, I, never played with a, I never played with a guy that didn't see the point of retaliating. I did play with a couple pitchers that I can't remember who, but a couple of guys that missed them, guys. And I think they got a before. <laughs> well, they that's came. different. At least they're trying. Yeah, I was like, I was like, you just threw three pitches. Now you're ejected, and you didn't even hit anybody. And now we got, you know, we have, you know, well, we got mayhem in the clubhouse. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, you, you see, Case, I don't blame Musgrove for the loss for sure. He pitched really well, and that's just one run. The bullpen really caved in to allow Arizona to come back and win that game. Yeah, you know, I think that's been their Achilles heel these last these last uh, month or so, last few weeks. Is just, you know, the bullpen came out the gates hot. They pitched, were pitching really well. Uh, you know, the starters have been pretty good. Musgrove has been really good since he's come off the DL. But you know, guys just, uh, you know, aren't, aren't finding ways to kind of shut that door. And you see double on the, the game's a lot different nowadays. You know, you're relying on your starter five, six innings nowadays, and, you're, and teams are turning it over to the pen seven, eight, nine. And the Buckos right now are just having a tough time closing that out. 
Well, where are the Pirates at right now? Because they were nine games over five hundred a month or so ago, and now they're two games under five hundred. They went from looking pretty good to just collapsing. Yeah, they're struggling. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You know, I think the Cubs will kind of, you know, struggle a little bit. They've made a run. Milwaukee still plays some good baseball. The Cardinals are the Cardinals. And, uh, you know, the Pirates have just kind of been, uh, you know, really below average these last few weeks. And uh, I do think it's a good team, though, man. I love watching Meadows play, what he's brought to the table these last few weeks. Uh, you know, top to bottom, you know, still watching Dickerson, Jay Hay back in the lineup, Marte. The lineup top to bottom has been good. The rotation's been pretty good. I just think that bullpen, you know, has got to get it going. They got to find a way to, to you know, to stop gap and shut down the, the back end of that game. No, I agree with that. And the Pirates do have some strong points, but I think Hurdle could do himself a favor case if he just played his best guys more. I, I know there's splits and you know metrics to consider, but I think Rodriguez and Polanco are in the lineup far too often. Well, yeah, you know, I think Rodriguez is, is definitely scuffled. Polanco's been the frustrating one. I think every year we have the same conversation. Hey, he's going to get it going. He's Dave Parker. He's Daryl Strawberry. No, he's not. At the end of the day, like, I think at times, I don't know if it's mental lapses or he just can't focus every day because baseball's such a mental game. Like, physically he has tools, but mentally you've got to be able to show up every day, fight pitch by pitch, grind out 162 and find a way. And, uh, you know, for me, I just think there's so much talent there. It's just, I don't know if it'll ever be tapped into, but yeah, I mean, you know, Clint keeps running them out there, and and, and they just not get putting the numbers up. Well, my worry is with Dickerson so hot and Meadows so hot, and Marte's done well since coming off the DL. If you take those guys out of the lineup haphazardly, you can't help but slow them down, right? Well, I agree. I mean, you know, baseball is such a game of rhythm, and uh, you know, I think one of those things is like you know, you want to be in the lineup every day, you want to keep rolling along, and and if you're if you're if you're swinging the bat well and doing your thing, even if you have a day or two where you don't get hits, you know you gotta you gotta continue to be out there and gotta continue to get into some sort of rhythm and you know having those guys in there every day, you know they need, they need to be. We're talking to Sean Casey of MLB Network here on 105.9 The X. Okay, Case, let's talk about this high school baseball thing in Minnesota. If you are the pitcher and you strike out your friend, the batter, to win the game, what do you do, Sean Casey? Well, you know what. I love, I love it because, uh, you know, I heard your take, which is outstanding. I knew that you'd have that take. But, uh, listen, at the end of the day, I'm fighting for those guys that are on my team. I at least have to be in the pile on first. I have to I have to hug my catcher. i got to let the guys come. we got to be fired up that we won the game, and it's, and it's a big deal. And then afterwards, maybe I call my buddy and say, hey, bro, let's go to Wendy's and get a double or large fry and a, a frosty <laughs> or something and talk, and talk it over. Let's not hug it out. At the mount, at at the at the uh, at the plate. I, I think for me, celebrate with your teammates first. Those are the guys you fight with every day. But if here's your buddy, which you know, I know a great buddy in Mount Lebanon, Jay Adams back in the day. I wasn't going to hug Jay Adams if, if you know we end up winning the uh, winning the Whitfield title. I was going to say, hey, you're a great job, but I will take you to Wendy's after the game. <laughs> well, you see, that's my point exactly. If the kid the kid did what he did, and I'm not crazy about it, but I don't like that people who think that he shouldn't have done it. Or, or being vilified. Like like you said, I mean, I think winning's important. I didn't like what the kid said. I don't know if you heard my quote, but he said, my friendship matters more than some silly score. And I'm sorry, if you're calling it a silly score, you don't think winning's important. I'm not sure I'm going to pitch you the next game. No, I, I agree. I agree with that. Like, I, I say, I, listen, I know friendships are important. And they are. The friendships at the end of the day are the most important thing. But... Listen, it's it's such a big it's such a big deal 
because we've never seen it before. And that should say something like that. Hey, you're playing games. It's competition. You're obviously trying to beat the other team. I don't care if friends or not. You know, you're trying to go out there and get somebody. I remember Chris Reitzel. Chris Reitzel was my best friend in the game. Still is to this day. He got traded to the Braves. A week later, we faced him. I was still bummed out about the trade. Well, I come up, hit a three-run home in the eighth inning, and put us up two runs. And I, I remember, I remember, I remember feeling when I got this. I thought, "Oh man, that was awesome." It was, but it didn't feel great either because it was Chris Reese. But at the end of the day, I'm still trying to beat the guy. I'm still trying to win a ball game here, right? So, I mean, I think you, you got to look at it that way. That like, hey, let's let's get together after the game. Our friendship does matter, but we're still trying to win games and have fun. Have fun winning. Now, let's say you're playing for Upper St. Clair football, which you did. <laughs> and you make the play that wins the game, and you immediately go hug your friend that plays for Mount Lebanon. How does Jim Render react, the Upper St. Clair football coach? Jim Render probably body slams you there. He's probably still talking about thirty years later that uh, you know I, I you know I, I I'm, I'm a wimp. I, I can't believe it did that. You should be old school, slapping you know slapping me around probably. I think that's what happened. But I didn't do a to really play for Renner because I only played freshman year. It turns out I was a terrible football player. I was getting pancaked by every play out there. So, but if I did play for him, if I did play for him, Renner would definitely never, never let me let me live that down. Hey, a couple questions about the majors. I saw where Otani needs Tommy John surgery, which is terrible news. Is him trying to pitch and play DH? Is that stretching it a bit? I mean, I can't say it caused the Tommy John, but I also remember when Bo Jackson tried to do too much. Yeah, but Bo Jackson was also playing for the Raiders and tearing his hip muscle off the bone. You know what I mean? That's, he was a little, was a little different. I, I, Otani's been doing it for a few years in Japan, and it looks like he was doing great here. Uh, you know, I don't think I don't know so much of you know swinging the bat. You know, really had to do with it, but I know the pitchers in Japan throw a lot more. They're, they're big on throwing every day and really having you know, stretching it out. So maybe it was just a little bit too much wear and tear pitching wise. I don't think that him hitting had anything to do with him having that UCL tear. Well, that's true. If he was playing the outfield and was having yeah. to throw, which he did do in Japan, correct? Yeah, that, that, I think that that, that could be the wear, part of the wear and tear. And it's a different different throw. When you're on the mound, you're coming downward, playing off the mound. You know, if you're on flat ground, having to make that throw in the outfield and you're working both things, no doubt that's more strain on your, on your elbow. Uh, here's a cliche question, Case, except I'm not sure I know the answer. I think it's diluted. Who's the best hitter in baseball right now, and who's the best pitcher in baseball right now? Uh, wow, well, you know you could go you could go so many different ways. There's a couple guys I think that come to mind right right away uh, hitting wise. Mookie Betts, I mean the way he swings the bat, you know it's just for how he hits for how he hits for power. Um, Altuve is just it's talking about natural hitter, you know just the way he swings the bat, the hits that he gets, the gap to gap guy. Uh, Freddie Freeman out there in Atlanta, I mean he's special. Mike Trout, what he does, you know, night in and night out, what he brings to the game. As far as the pure hitters go, you know, I, I think I, I really like I like Freeman and, and Altuve probably are my, my two biggest ones. Then you go over to pitching, you know, I think the creme de la creme is Max Scherzer. I mean, just the way he goes about his business, how tough he is out there, the great changeup that he has, how he how he kind of crisscrosses the plate with his slider, his two seamer, you know, all that stuff. Uh, and for me. Uh, what Verlander's doing in Houston's been pretty special. But Corey Kluber out there in Cleveland, man, watch Corey Kluber pitch, and uh, you'll see you know something that's special. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Roy Halladay. So it's been uh, you know th- those guys are pretty pretty good. How about when Scherzer had that immaculate inning case, which is the second of his career? Were you were you ever a batter in an immaculate inning? 
I don't think so. I don't think that was ever a Batman and Macklin. I think I did see a couple of those, which is unbelievable. I can't remember who, but I, I know I've seen maybe Kevin Brown or something back in the day that did that. But to go with nine pitches and, uh, you know, three up, three down, that's, that's impressive. That means you've got great stuff if you're, you're in the big leagues doing that. Now let me ask you a question. Let's say you're the third batter and the first two guys in your team have struck out on three pitches, and you're 0-2 after two pitches, right? Right. Are you trying to drive it or just trying to foul one off? I'm choking up like Joe. I'm choking up like Tim Foley back in the day. Freaking 79 bucks. 79 bucks. I'm choking up halfway up the bat. It might hit me in the knuckles, but I'm fouling something off. I promise you that. <laughs> that that's that's kind of what I figured. Uh, hey, I know you still have your Miracle League of South Hills going. You have the Miracle yeah. League Fields. How's that project going? Oh, double limits going great, man. We're in the, midst, in the midst of our summer season. We're a couple weeks. We've got two more weeks, 350 kids we got. Uh, it's a wonderful thing. If you went to MiracleLeagueSouthHills.org, Miracle you can sign up to volunteer and help us with donations or whatever. But, you know, every, every weekend I go to double limits. It's like, uh, you know, it's like, it, it's, it's like so much joy and happiness there. I just absolutely love it. It's a wonderful place. Now, I read online today, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I read that you made $41 million on your baseball career. Is that right? Yeah, you believe that, bro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, now, now, I'm assuming the kids have spent almost all of that, right? <laughs> no, well, I don't let them. I got my kid cutting the grass, kids out there weeding, trying to get five bucks, you know, taking the garbage out, doing those things. So, no way, I'm not giving the kids any of that. They, that's to earn their own money. That's good. That's what I like to hear, Case. That's why you'll never end up on an ESPN special broke. No, you'll never see me on the ESPN special road. I'm too frugal with my cash. You know that? Hey, listen, I was the kid that couldn't run. I ran a little like I was ice skating, quicksand, doing all that stuff. But I could hit the ball in the gap at the end of the day. That money, I just kept stocking it away like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm making this. I'm stealing it. I'm stealing this money. I can't believe it. You're, I bet I bet you would pocket your per diem, right? <laughs> no doubt. Are you kidding me? I used to live off the per diem. Like, they're giving me a thousand bucks for a seven day road trip. I don't have to spend anything else. It's great. I'm going to put everything else in my financial advisor. When I was in wrestling, they didn't even tell me we got a per diem. They still owe me like like ten thousand. No, seriously, they we got a per diem. You had to turn in for it. They never told me. They never told you what what you get like fifty bucks, hundred bucks a day or something. I think it was seventy five. I know, dude, isn't that unbelievable? Because they, 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 they're talking in it. That's why. <laughs> well, Arn Anderson and Sting were going out to dinner with your per diem. <laughs> you know what, Case? You you just really might be onto something. Case, this was great at always, man. I hope we see you soon. All right, Double I'm great talking to you, man. I'll see you soon, buddy. That's the Mayor Sean Casey. And just to recap, he said he would have celebrated with his team and not hugged the friend who struck out. That's a major league baseball player said that. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark. Yep. You want an answer. You don't want no uh, hee-hawing. Well, I really do like the hee-hawing. The X at 105.9. Hey, be sure to check out Sean Casey's website, MiracleLeagueSouthHills.org. It provides every kid and adult the chance to play baseball and promote teamwork, sportsmanship, and respect for all. So... You want to check out one of the games or you want to help out the cause? Check out MiracleLeagueSouthHills.org. Uh, we're going to play that Antonio Brown sound in the next hour. Uh, in a nutshell, he blamed the media for all his perceived problems. He says he doesn't get the chance to express himself. And he said that to about six cameras and two dozen microphones. 
I think that's plenty of chance to express yourself, but uh, I'm not long-suffering. I'm not depressed. I have not walked a mile in AB's shoes. I probably could walk my feet. He looks like his feet are a lot smaller than mine. Uh, immediately upon me criticizing AB, which I did uh, not only in the show's opening monologue, but also on a blog you could check out, on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com, which also has the AB video, the sound, courtesy of our buddy Mark Caballi of The Athletic. Once they put it up on Twitter, anybody can use it. So thanks a lot, Kaboom. Anywho, I'm getting all these tweets. Well, they didn't lose to Jacksonville because of AB and Lev. It was the defense. And then they quote A, B stats and Lev stats. Because I say you don't win a Super Bowl with guys like Brian and Bell. Well, you know what my proof is? It had nothing to do with stats. It's just they haven't won a Super Bowl with Brian and Bell. And obviously they're unfortunate in that they have to go through New England, which they haven't done and probably never will do. But I just think that constant commotion that the Steelers have in their locker room, that those two are the ringleaders of. I certainly don't think it's helped them. I'm not sure it's hurt them, but but my argument would be, hey, why doesn't everybody in that locker room shut the frig up for a while and see if that way works any better? Because the other way has not got you to where you want to go, and frankly, your roster dictated you should have long ago since gone. No Quarter, brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. Uh, uh, let me dispel a myth that's been going around on social media. I haven't seen one Penguin fan complain about the way that Ovi and the Caps are celebrating with the Cup. They won it. Took them a long time. They can do what they want. And I haven't seen one Penguin fan say otherwise. But that's the narrative that Penguin fans are mad because the Caps are drunk and they're throwing the the cup in a pool or a pond. Pond would be good for them. Uh, just, just all these things that I'm told Penguin fans are saying and, you know, our captain's boring and theirs is so exciting and I just haven't seen any of that. The Penguins haven't said that as far as Ovechkin being effervescent and Crosby being boring. I think Sid's exactly three times as exciting. Exactly three times as exciting. Uh, Jim Rutherford said in the Post-Gazette that the spats between the coach and Phil Kessel are no big deal. Okay, but that's what the GM is going to say. And the only way the spat gets resolved is for Kessel to skate on Malkin's line or for Kessel to get traded. Because if Kessel's playing with Shane again, that spat will still be there. That wound will not heal. So let's see what happens if the coach, Mike Sullivan, let's see what happens if he doesn't want to put Phil and Malkin together. And it's kind of ironic because I think Sully gets it about 95% right, as two Stanley Cups in three years would indicate. But the one he has wrong, namely not playing Phil with Malkin, that's the one that causes friction. There's a long, lot of wrong decisions he could make that don't cause friction. For example, Simone with Crosby is wrong, but 
Sid's just going to play. But Kessel should play with Malk. And given the way the team is currently constructed. Uh, also in the post, because there was a story that said the Penguins might trade Hunwick, Jari, Sherry, Haglin, Broussard, and or Kessel. Not all of them, but that's the the uh, guys that Rutherford might be trying to peddle. Okay, but Broussard's the only guy on the list who is relatively easily tradable. There's a lot of issues with moving Kessel. And the other four guys have very limited value. I'm telling you, if Jim wants to make a move and shake up the team and get some new blood in there, keep your eyes on Rust and Mata because they would have value to other teams and while talented, are replaceable, especially Rust. you got Hornquist, Kessel, and Sprong who are right wings, period, which means Rust is either a fourth-line right wing or not a very good left wing. Uh, I've never seen the sports fans of this great nation turn on an athlete like they're turning on LeBron James after this broken hand excuse that came out after Golden State swept Cleveland in the final. And I think people are tired of LeBron treating Cleveland like it smells bad. Although I've been there, it does smell bad. But just, you know, him leaving the hometown once, coming back in a in such a love fest and not leaving again. Although there's a story uh, leaking today that LeBron would not go to the Lakers as long as the Ball family's there. Which makes perfect sense. I wouldn't, would you? Uh, the U.S. Open is this weekend at Shinnecock Hills in New York. That name sounds dirty. Shinnecock Hills. Anyway, here's how the favorites get described. If you go uh, to a website, if you go and watch TV, the Golf Channel, it's always some variation of uh, Johnson, Spieth, McElroy, and Rose are the likely winners. And oh yeah, Tiger Woods will be in there somewhere. Yeah, somewhere around 23rd. That somewhere. Uh, the top golf story at ESPN.com is how Tiger won the 2008 U.S. Open on a broken leg. That's the top golf story on ESPN, and it happened 10 years ago with the U.S. Open just two days from starting. That's the lead golf story. Uh, from broken leg the broken record, FFS. Uh, Kate Upton celebrated her 26th birthday naked on Instagram. I mean, you couldn't see the, the really good parts, but she was naked on Instagram. Don't forget, we need to be careful to not treat women like sex objects. Just around the corner. We got my take on minicamp, which is underway, and I'm really excited. And this is about the overall tenor of minicamp, which A.B. has further spoiled, but, but it's mostly about Lev Bell not being there. And I think that lets a lot of people down. A.B., he's a dink, but he's there. Lev Bell isn't there. I'm going to talk about the trickle-down of that in 30 seconds here on 105.9.